Welcome to Stories of Expansion, created by Gosha Gona and me, Wun Tan. This podcast shares inspiring expansion stories. We speak to amazing guests who have turned the biggest challenges and fears into blessings for themselves and others. We will be exploring how they've overcome their personal and business challenges to create a bigger impact and make a difference in the world. We will learn how they've survived and blossomed in times of challenge. We believe that the world needs us more than ever before. It is time to stop procrastinating and playing small. Let's show up more fully and achieve what we're here to do together. Today, we have something incredible for you. The guest that I'm interviewing today is a rebel. (laughs) A rebel that has incredible power to pyre people. And in the past, it was mostly women. But now she's begun to inspire men as well in such an incredible way. And for me, she's an example of someone who gives meaning to everything that she does in the way that it works for her and it works for thousands of other people. So she changes the narrative that she had before to a narrative that actually works for her and serves her. And I mean, everything about our next guest, it's a true inspiration. I hang on to every single word and every single sentence that she says because there are pearls everywhere. So, Woon, what did you love about our next guest? Well, so I think that it really reinforces my understanding of what makes a good podcast. Listening to her explaining why she thinks her podcast has overtaken Gary Vaynerchuk or Tim Ferriss, right? It's, yes. it's really because of the authenticity in podcasting and the vulnerability that you get to with podcast and you can hear that in her voice and the stories that she tell and she gets people to open up in her stories right in a very powerful way and so i'm very excited with what she's creating and the podcast she's creating and also it's it's not just uh, the main podcast she's creating right she's got two podcasts and she's got a podcast where her daughter is creating a podcast seven think, years old yes oh my god i mean <laughs> that is amazing family of podcasters yes and so to me that's the thing that i'm really excited i mean her story is pretty impressive right and i think the openness that she allows herself and allows us as listeners to be part of i think is very inspiring Absolutely. So ladies and gentlemen, you are in for a treat. So today I want to introduce you to one of the most inspiring women that I know. In fact, I could say with the hand on on my heart that Danusha Melina Durban is the most inspiring woman that I know. And for one specific reason, You know, Danusha, I have seen so many women who have given birth to one child 
not two, three, four, five, but one. And they have sort of stepped back from doing things that they love, from even looking after themselves, from having dreams, goals. And somehow they have changed because they've given fully and absolutely everything to their children. Now, you are the only woman that I know in the whole wild world who's got 10 kids for, for start, who is still um, not only gloriously beautiful, elegant, successful, focused, and who has got time for herself, for love, for fun. And you keep on creating such enormous success in the world, which we're going to be talking about. So, so Danusha, please welcome uh, on this incredible podcast that it's talking about changing challenges into success. Thank you so much for being with us. Oh, wow. That was, thank you, Gosha. That was um, some, some um, <laughs> introduction. I'm, uh, I'm honored. <laughs> I want to know this woman myself now. <laughs> well, of course I do know myself really well, <laughs> but it's, it's quite the, quite the intro. I'm very grateful and thank you for asking me on. <laughs> so Danusha, you, you've got so many things that you have created, you have done that put you amongst the most successful people on this planet. I want to ask you, in your opinion, even recently, what would you say you're most proud of? What have you accomplished that you would consider to be very thrilling, amazing, and you're, that you actually can say, I'm so proud of myself? Oh, it's a beautiful question. I really love that. So, well, in late 2018, I had a really tough year, gosh, really tough. And I'd actually had a really tough, uh, in my family life, really tough time. And I wasn't struggling as much as just I, some of the things that I genuinely didn't want to happen. And we all have them, like, please don't have a baby die or please don't, you know, have a relationship fall apart. And then these things happen. Of course they do, you know, and we have mm -hmm. to deal with them. And 2018, I'd, I'd had a bit of a mare of a beginning of the year. And late that year, I made the decision, well, in the midst of these challenges, I can either shut up or I can, I can just muzzle myself and go in a little corner and think about um, knitting, which I like, by the way. Um, <laughs> I can just, you know, go for walks and be quiet. Or I can do something, you know, I can have voice. And so I, the thing that I'm proud of is that I had to have really long chats with myself about what is it going to be, Danusha? Are you going to be quiet or are you going to, are you going to have a voice? And so I set up a podcast and I had totally no experience of the technicalities of it. I had no money and I had no listeners. And, and I, you know, I really started with zero. And within months, it was, uh, you know, it was number one business podcast. And, and the reason I'm proud of it is because I, I built it on deep transparency and vulnerability. And our conversations in it are just not, you know, they're the kind of thing that, that we go places that, that many people say, well, how did you get them to tell you that? In fact, I've been recording today and this incredible guy, it's the second podcast that I also set up, but you know, this incredible guy 
told me, he said, I don't know why I'm telling you this, but when I'm stressed, Anusha, I knit. I was like, <laughs> sorry? <laughs> and he said, yes, you probably would never think that a man like me knits. And I was like, no. And when, when listeners look at your photograph, he's this in extraordinary masculine, you know, the epitome of masculinity. And you'll need to see this photo, Gosha. <laughs> and, and, you know, he's wearing very few clothes. He's a model also. And he said, I knit. And so there's something very groundbreaking about that. And I'm really proud of that, Gosha, because it's kind of getting to the heart of people. And there was, there was no, it wasn't a big commercial deal. There was no, yeah, I didn't have any investment or training or, and that's great. It's, it's mm-hmm. impacting people around the world and listen if it knocks tim ferris off the top of the chart yeah. <laughs> I, loved, I loved him i love his work i do but if it does that then i'm like yay yeah so it tipped <laughs> tim ferris gary Wee, right right yeah, yeah. and uh, and a few others and but i want to know because you've sort of mentioned why it has been so successful but have you ever expected it to be so successful number one podcast in uk and what have you done to make it so? No, I didn't. I mean, first of all, no, I didn't expect it to be as successful. Not at all. It's not to say that I imagined that it would be unsuccessful. It's just that I didn't really waste my energy thinking about either. I simply got into it. I think the reason that it's like it is because it's, I'm deeply connected with the people that come you know, I deeply emotionally connect with my guests and people assume that I know everybody and I don't. Okay. I have most of them I've never met, but now we're friends. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, there's, there's only a couple that I'm not in lots of connection with. And that's because, you know, the others are just they're very, very, either very busy or there's just, you know, I, I wouldn't anticipate that a hundred percent of people would want to be really close friends that's unrealistic. But actually, and it's not an expectation of mine. It's simply that I think there is this thing of when we show up, when we show up full in and willing to be fully vulnerable, then it gives permission for others to do the same. And so then we go deeper. And then when somebody else leans in a bit more and it's like, yeah, like, go for it. Come on. You can reveal yourself. And it's not to catch them out. (laughs) <laughs> it's not for that. Yes. It's because there's love, you know, it's like, it's, it's a safe place. So I, yeah, I think I never expected Tim, who I was talking about, to ever tell me that in order to keep himself regulated and to keep his mental health on a steady keel, that he knits and he knits wow. and knits and knits. You know, he's mid thirties. He's, <laughs> you know, he's mid thirties, a model and a fitness expert. He's, yeah this is like and that he's a mummy's boy that he was able to tell me that oh he's proud he's Mm -hmm. not just a mummy's boy he's super proud to be a man who's a mummy's boy I'm like wow (laughs) isn't that great you know that he owns it he owns himself in that space Wow. And Danusha, so obviously people wouldn't want to know what this podcast is. So one of them is School of Mothers podcast, right? School for Mothers, yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. And the other one is School of Fathers podcast, for fathers, right? Yeah. yeah. And, um, and, and tell us about the, the purpose, because it's the, the School of Mothers podcast, it's very 
uh, it disturbs the narrative of what mother, motherhood means, right? And in what way does it challenge the old narrative? Well, but the stories that we get about motherhood is that once we have children, we we must focus fully on our children and and sacrifice ourselves. So we, you know, our focus, whatever it is before suddenly becomes all about the child everything and so yes of course we can have a career but it would not it would never eclipse our children of course it can't and that's the story and it's not whether it's either or children or career but the fact is you know mothers the stories of perfection the stories of sacrifice the stories of of you know, downgraded ambitions downgraded desires and dreams that's what the norm is. And so what I wanted to do was speak with women around the world who are doing big things, like they're living big lives, they're embracing big desires. And this doesn't have to look like being CEO of Coca-Cola, although it could, but it doesn't have to be that version because of course that's the norm, that's the other normal version. You have to be superwoman in a career, or you're a mother, or you might be superwoman with children, a uh, superwoman in a career with children. And that's not the case. That's not, I wanted to inspire women that there are many, many versions of who we can be with our own ambitions and desires while raising our children. So we don't really talk about parenting. I mean, if, if people want to listen about, you know, how to, how to feed to get children off their breast or feed children, you know, how to sleep with their children or go on holiday with their children. We're not the, we're not the podcast. We're about the woman. That's the thing. And, and that's, that's disrupting the norm. Mm. Yeah. Wow. And, you know, you've interviewed hundreds of amazing women Mm. And women who embrace their dreams, their goals, and they go for what they want, uh, not even though they have children, right? But they don't fully give up anything because they are mothers. They keep on creating, experiencing joy, playing, and, and that is very impressive. But in, what, in your opinion, what do all those women have in common? Is there a thing that they have in common? There is a, a, a commitment to themselves and a spirit. It's a spirit of, there's an unapology, an unapologetic spirit of plowing their own path or following their own true uh, pathway and, and rather than one that has been dictated for them. And that takes a, that takes a, oh, <laughs> that's interesting this yeah. is this is a mother i have wow this is awkward isn't it we'll have to get this my apologies gosha that's somebody right. a mother is trying to call me uh-huh <laughs> um so they have a spirit of uh doing it their way uh-huh all of them and and i think it's not a rebellion so that's not that's not what um, because that sounds like it's a defiance and a kind of childlike petulance. This mm -hmm. isn't, this is a, this is tapping into the fact that 
yes, we're told to do it this, this, and this way, and we're choosing to try something else. So they have a spirit of it, adventure, a spirit of... Um, not every one of them calls themselves feminists, mm-hmm. but many of them do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, many of them. They, they refuse to take the place that they're being given. Mm. They want more. They have big appetite. <laughs> and of course, we, you and I know, and listeners I'm sure will know, that for women to have appetite, whether that's literally or metaphorically, is, is, is deemed to be quite dangerous. We have to keep ourselves small. So, <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> and of course, many of these women are small <laughs> in size as women, but it's, it's that, it's that size. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Occupying space and having voice. Wow. <laughs> and, and tell me, darling, what is the school of fathers for? What is it for and what is it about? A school for fathers podcast is, is really a bit different. Uh-huh. And so one of the things is that men, well, let me backtrack. We rarely talk to working fathers. So we don't call them working fathers. We call them fathers. And so on the School for Fathers podcast, we call them working fathers. And I ask them, so how do you have it all? How do you balance? How do you balance your life? And, and I, have, I have men saying, Sorry, Danusha, what did you just say to me? What do you mean, how did I balance, how do I balance it? (laughs) Or I had a wonderful man the other day say, oh, well, you know, I I run this and I have a wonderful child because I have a very accommodating wife. Yeah. I'm like, what does accommodating mean? (laughs) And in that, that actual recording, in that episode, he's like, oh, I hadn't really thought about this now, had I? <laughs> so it's, it's actually a delve into the, what masculinity is. It's a delve into what does it mean to be a man, father, working father right now? What is it like? What's, mm-hmm. What are men thinking about? And some are really deeply committed to equality and, and uh, flexible working and others haven't thought about it. And so it's not some kind of deeply evolved man podcast. It's actually, let's, let's really feel where are men and they're really, really struggling. Lots of them are really struggling. Mm. So it's really poignant. It's very poignant to listen to men who are so very human, Mm. (laughs) you know? Yeah. So you're giving them space to be honest, vulnerable and real. And talk about things that nobody talks about in the open. Exactly. And the difference is that most men's podcasts are hosted by men. So they're men talking to men. Uh-huh. And I was asked right, right at the beginning, you know, School for Mothers was going so well. And I was wanted School for Fathers, but it was like, no, I really need to see if I can do school for mothers, stop running. You know, I, I have to see that that's okay. And then um, by okay, I mean like, do I have the technical experience? Can I get this? Can I pull this off? Am I going to be a host okay? I mean, I might be really thoroughly boring. Um, will we get any listeners? So I had to test all of that. And then when the school for fathers, people said to me, so who's the host, Anusha? I was like, well, that would be me. <laughs> We're like, what? 
a woman? I was like, why? Why Why is that a problem? And they were like, yeah, but I mean, men won't talk to you, will they, Tanusha? Wow. They're not going to talk to you. Interesting. Very interesting, isn't it? And, yeah. you know, I, that's that's actually not born out to be true at all, actually. Yeah. Mm. And and Anusha, you um, you told me just before we started recording that your seven year old daughter has also started <laughs> her podcast. I nearly fell off the chair with excitement. Tell me, did you support her in this idea, or did did she basically come up with it herself, observing mm. what you're doing? Tell me about this. Well, when she was six, uh, she has been very interested in podcasting or what she calls it podding just like I'm I like podding can I come in and be with you I was like well Serafina you need to be very quiet because mummy's mummy you know this is on record I was like if you come in you sit and you need to be quiet (laughs) and I'm sounding very disciplined but it's true I was like no sorry darling you can't interrupt me you know we're having anyway so she's been in the room with me and she knows all about it. So she knows, you know, how it's done. And mommy puts her things on and turns this and does this. And one day she came and she, when she was there and she said, mommy, can I have my own podcast? And I was on the brink of saying no, because <laughs> yeah. it's the most obvious thing to say to a six-year-old, isn't it? Yes. I mean, well, Debbie's so silly. Of course you can't be a podcast host. And then I caught myself like, hold on. Why am I saying no to my child in, in the sense of what would stop her from doing this? And I said, oh, well, okay. Um, I can't think why not. Yes, you can have your own show. And then we started talking about it. And she, she asked me, you know, I said, what do you want? I mean, this was in several conversations because as soon as I said, yes, she ran off. She was like, yay, I'm going to have my own show. That was it. Then she came back a few weeks later and said, I'd like to do my show, please. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things that was very important to me was that I didn't kind of whip her up into, right, let's get this show going. That I, that it was crucial that she initiated this and she pushed it forward. And so over the last few months, she's been talking about it and she recorded a couple and then we got the artwork together. She chose the color. She chose the name of the podcast and she's been recording and it went out in April. So she's on episode six and she now, what will be there five minutes long. She gets up and she says, I have a subject. I want to do it. So, for instance, next one she does, which will be next week, she already knows it's going to be on homeschooling. She did one on lockdown, uh, one on nipples. Mm. Yes, because nipples are very important. Serafina thinks they're very important. Um, And the reason she does is because uh, she's noticed that men in the sunshine have their nipples out. And so her, it's, it's called Serafina Speaks Little Girl Big Questions. And she said her big question is why in sunny on sunny days are men allowed to mow their lawns and drive their cars and be in shops without their tops on but why have they got their nipples out and i said well you should that's it so she did a whole one on that and on the queen Mm -hmm. and it's it's toys 
why are the girls and boys toys? So this is her material. This is her questioning. Why is the world like it is? Mm-hmm. And that's it. So um, what's really lovely about it is that she literally sits and says, I'm so proud of myself, mummy. I'm really proud. I'm a businesswoman. She actually says it. I've never said that to her, but she says, I'm a businesswoman, you know. Wow. And there's something very empowering for her in, oh, her brothers have been on it as well. My, her triplet, you know, as you know, I've got triplets. <laughs> um, and, and both Montgomery and Horatio did a tiny bit on one the other day. And they're now saying to me, I think I might want something. <laughs> like, oh, God, oh no. <laughs> what have I created? <laughs> but, but anyway, I think it's, I'm very interested in, as you can imagine, as a mother, I'm very, very interested in our next generation yes. and who we're raising and how we're raising them. But and that's what stopped me from saying no, yeah. Gosha. This is so inspiring. You see, that's another inspiring thing about you, my darling. And, um, you know, you've mentioned uh, just a few minutes ago that 2018, it was a difficult year for you. And out of that difficulties, you've come up with the idea of doing a podcast. And um, so that brings me to my next question. You see, I believe that some of our biggest challenges are meant to happen to elevate us to the next level of expansion, greatness, um, development, miracles, and all sorts of things like that. So first of all, do you agree with me? And secondly, I want to ask you, um, when you look back over your life, what would you say um, was the biggest challenge or challenges that have actually led to the greatest successes and blessings? Well, first of all, I wholeheartedly agree with you that our, some of our biggest, or our biggest challenges lead us to our miraculous expansions and growth. Of course I do. Yes, I do. Um, when I think about your second question about the biggest challenges, I mean, if I really go back to my roots, mm-hmm. then there would be two big pieces. I mean, actually, when I was thinking about this uh, conversation, I was thinking much more current. And I was thinking about the, the enormous challenge of discovering that I was expecting triplets. Yes. Exactly at the point when my business, my uh, leadership development company was exponentially growing. And I thought, well, that's that bugger then, isn't it? You know, like, right, thank you, universe. You're giving me, just as I'm on this incredible trajectory, you're going to give me triplets just to make sure that I fall on my face. But actually, when I think about my life, make it that big, then I would say being adopted. Mm -hmm. I would say being adopted gave me the opportunity to make a choice point of I was adopted at one year and one day old. My mother kept me for my first birthday. And I was the day after handed over to a brand new family mm-hmm. with a small suitcase of my things and to a lovely family who turned out to be really rather weird. But nevertheless, my dear mother, and I do say that nicely, by the way, with love, handed me over and my name was changed, wow. literally, on that day. And that, that happening 
gave me an opportunity because, you know, it's, it's a biggie. It gave me an opportunity as I grew to see that as devastation or to see that as, uh, so rupture, or to see that as rapture, to see that as a remarkable opportunity for me to become somebody, to see it as a chance, an opening. Uh, so that would be the first. And then when I was 17, just had my 17th birthday, I was on, I'd won a fully paid scholarship to the Italia Conti Stage School, which they give one a year. Hundreds of people go for it. And I had won that. And I was so very happy. Of course, I was elated that I was going to follow my, my dream and massive opportunity. And I then happened to think about, oh, I haven't had a period for a little while. Then I thought, oh, oh God, I haven't had a period for a while. Oh my God. And I discovered that I was pregnant with my first child and made a choice point to mm. continue having him. Great problems. My parents did not want to know me um, and they were deeply disappointed. I was not going to go to this extraordinary school. I wonder who did take that place. I wish her or him in great love. I always have done. It wasn't my moment. And I chose to have my child. That changed my life. And I again had a choice, that challenge of, as everybody said, you are ruining your life. You have ruined it. <laughs> what would you do to ruin your life, Danusha? Have an abortion. And, and so it didn't ruin my life at all. It made it. So those, those would be the things that, you know, were opportunities for me to see myself as a victim of a devastating circumstance or to see it as remarkable opportunity. And it really depends which way I looked at it. Just as 2018 actually turned into the year that I chose to leap because I was experiencing great stress, I either, you know, went under, I took myself to a little cave and hid, or I came out anyway, anyway. And I think that's it. Am I going forward anyway? Or am I going to just sit here and, and sit? Mm. You know, it was actually quite interesting is that as you are speaking, I'm feeling things in my body. I'm exp experiencing what you are saying and those moments of choice, they have a very strong, powerful effect on my soul, on my mm -hmm. being, okay? And oh. I think that you've had a lot more of those situations in your life when you could have gone down under, right? Yes, I have. Uh, from what I know about you. And I think you, what I'm just realizing about you now, that you've become a master um, using those turning points to propel you forward um, 10 times faster and bigger than you would have moved forward if you didn't have that misfortune or challenge or a problem. Yes. And I think that what, what you're saying is so profound. Yes. And, but what, what interests me, you said, um, yeah, I've been, you know, handed over at the age of one 
a year and one day to a new family. And I choose to see it as an opportunity. But how old were you when you saw it as an opportunity? Did you see it as an opportunity already then? Or it, did it take like 30, 40, 50 years to, <laughs> to do that? Oh, um, no, I was a child. No, I, I, was, I was a child when I realized. So I went to a, a little convent school and I was the only adopted child. So I was always that different. We're all different. We, of course we are. <laughs> we all know that. We all feel different. Um, but my different was I was adopted and I was so as that outlier of being with strangers. So I, I came to terms with, when I say came to terms is I made the choice that these, and they were very odd, very odd mavericks that they weren't the kind of, oh my goodness, we're so lucky to have you. Um, let's just shower you. They were very, you know, I was, my purpose was different than that in their marriage and the family dynamic. And actually, actually, to be perfectly honest, they'd wanted a boy and he was taken by another couple. So this little girl was, you know, this little girl didn't have anyone. They were like, would you take this child? Which literally, I've actually met, I've met the social worker. So I know it, not just from my parents. I've really met her. And she's like, yeah, we were a bit kind of stuffed. We didn't really know what to do with you. So, um, you know, we rang your parents and said, can you? And my mother said, oh, but we wanted a boy. Mm. And she was like, yeah, but this is girl. I mean, she's got nobody. And they're like, okay, then. <laughs> so, so it's not this glorious story. <laughs> you know, it was like, and I knew that story. I was like, okay, okay. Now what am I going to make of that? I was a child when I decided this is not a great story. This is not a great story. <laughs> this is not the story of my friends, you know, with mummy and a daddy in it. Like, oh, <laughs> I was like, okay, this, this is really quite a shame. I remember it. I remember laying in bed thinking, okay. And actually my mother, my mother and father who adopted me told me my mother was dead. Mm -hmm. So it, and, and so I was like, okay, what? Okay. So she's dead. Mm -hmm. But that's, well, that's why I've, you know, here. And then when I was seven on my seventh birthday, my mother decided my adopted mom, I actually call her mom, of course. Um, she decided I was old enough at seven to know that indeed it wasn't quite accurate that my mother was not dead, that in fact, she just hadn't wanted me. Mm. I was like, oh, <laughs> so there was a, a rejig of the story. And that was when I had to really think about it when I was seven. Yes. I remember that. And seven is a pivotal year in a child's development. Yes. Um, and I have triplets of seven right now. So, you know, at that age, they're questioning death and their place in the world. And we've, they're much more mature than we ever think in terms of what their curiosity. And so that was really when I made a choice point at seven. It was very clear. <laughs> you know, I've always been like this. And, you know, you're completely right about turning points it's about rebirthing it's the choice to rebirth a rebirthing process that um we always have that opportunity to recycle what is happening not in a pollyanna way i'm not a pollyanna at all it's like being truthful and oh, i want to say accurate with ourselves like really 
deeply, rawly honest with self about, yes, this is shit. This is not great. It's like being with the emotions of devastation and disappointment and hopelessness and like, oh, that life was meant to be like. I thought it was going somewhere else. And then a reworking of that into gold. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Because we can make, like Rumpelstiltskin, we can take it into gold. Wow. Hmm. Gave me goosebumps that what you've just said. (laughs) Yeah. All those challenges, all those difficulties, remake it into gold. My God, that should become a quote in itself. And um, darling, what are your um, biggest dreams when you look into the future? What is your big audacious goal that you have? Maybe even goals, maybe not even one. Well, you'll know. For, for some years, I've been skirting around really stepping into bringing a spiritual consciousness to people that I know I can do. And it's really been about tangibly bringing a book to people. Mm-hmm. And I've had, a, you know, I've had book deals. I mean, that sounds like I'm being flippant. No, I've really had book deals and I've turned away from things that ultimately my soul knows Mm-mm. one either that's not the right book or it'll be you're not ready Danusha uh, not in a I don't want to do it fair fear I'm just like you're not quite there you're not quite cooked this isn't it mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. no you know cut it you know don't do it so I've moved from a need for ego centric Um, success into much more wanting to bring messages and and serve and that's taken a while I've had to grapple my ego to the floor it's taken quite a while um now I think my audacious goal I don't even think it's audacious anymore which is why I stop I'm very clear I'm clear about the the first word of my book and the interior of my book, it's not just contents for me, it's the interior of it is almost like there. It's so there. And the book is called Noise. I'm bringing noise and because that's what we live with as women, noise. And, and really it's a way to unpick and yeah, take apart all the noise that we live with so that we can't be the full women that we want to be. I'm at a really pivotal point because I've been wanting to write it for mothers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the audacious goal is that, oh God, I wish I didn't have to say this to you, Gosha. But the audacious goal is it's not for mothers, it's for women. Mm. It's for women. Mm. And I could hide behind mothers. And mothers are extraordinary. But, you know, I could give it to the, the niche of mothers, yeah? Mm-hmm. But I'm not going to. I'm not going to. I'm going to scarily make it for all women. And, in fact, it could be for men too. And because it's a bit like expansion, it isn't just for one group of human beings. It's for the noises everywhere. And how do we find that amongst the noise... How do we find ourselves? How do we find ourselves? How do we connect with source? 
So that's my audacious goal to bring that whilst raising lots of kids, <laughs> <laughs> lots of kids, including, you know, one who's very complex, special needs, um, absolute extraordinary brain that I have a responsibility to bring to the world too. His, <laughs> he's a very, very clever boy. And um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and run a business and two podcasts and, you know, like, Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's my audacious goal to dare to do this to dare to do it yeah now darling i um i know we have already been speaking and for for quite a while we could continue talking but i would love to ask you you know imagine like if you were standing on the stage right now and every single woman on this planet was listening to you at this moment and um what you're going to say may change their life. It will go really deep into their souls. What would you love every single woman on this planet to know and, and possibly do as a result of it? That's not a setup, is it, Russia? Not at all. Not at all. No <laughs> <just> pressure. <laughs> <laughs> You're a minx. <laughs> Speaking from the heart, of course, you know, what would you mm. want all those women to know? I would want them to ask themselves if the life that they're creating is built on the noise that they're listening to or not. If it is, if it is built for themselves, and that's what I want to know. How much of your life is being created by yourself through the noise that you're ingesting? Bloody hell. This is powerful. And if they say to you, right, I've read your book, I've, I've heard what you've said, and I think 80 or 90% of my life I've built around the noise, holy shit, what do I do now? What would you say to them then? They must get ruthlessly honest with themselves as they already have done if they already know it's 80 to 90%, the men that they're fucking, the, the career that they are in, the food that they eat, the body size that they are, the color of their hair, the, the way they parent, the way they, the talk that they're giving themselves, everything, then gently but gently, they must return to a love, a new kind of love. They need to replace the noise from out there and listen in for themselves. So they will learn how to listen to them like what is your what are you, what's you and what's them because you know what we're totally shit at boundaries yeah like we don't know anymore what's others and what's us so discerning did you have your career because if your your parents did you have it because you really wanted this so it's a it, it sounds very radical but actually it's a very little bit like unpicking a jumper if you knit mm-hmm. just picking up the stitches and restitching just restitching mm-hmm. doesn't have to be a radical throw away the jumper get a new one it's like no it's like no you just gently unpick because not everything will be not everything yeah but when we become conscious about this noise and comparison which is at the heart we have the option to 
to change that. Beautiful. Oh my God, I feel so privileged to be speaking to you, Danusha, because, um, you know, I feel every single sentence, every single word that you say, it's real, it's true. And Thank so you. it's such a blessing to take that and share it with my people, with my tribe. And mm. um, so in closing, what I would love to ask you, is how do people contact you? Can they work with you? Um, how do they find you in this noisy world? <laughs> well, um, so first of all, thank you for having me on, on your podcast. I'm really blessed and I'm very privileged myself. Thank you. And for sharing me with your tribe, who I, I know you have an extraordinary uh, women and men around you. And secondly, um, DanushaMelinaDurban.com is where my professional hangout is on LinkedIn under my name and SchoolForMothers.com is where that movement is and I also have obviously the podcast and we have a wonderful Facebook group for mothers and aspiring mothers. Actually, secret, we have women in there who aren't mothers. <laughs> Just love, love, love. It's like, yes, give me, give me some of this spirit. <laughs> so uh, it's, it's really the woman. Um, so that's, that's where, uh, yeah. And yeah. No, no, I mean, I don't know. I'm terrible at this kind of thing. <laughs> you, you are wonderful. And Danusha, I just have a one last question that just came to my mind. Yes. So now you are a mother of 10 kids. Yes. And um, can we just for a moment go back to the time when you were just finding out that you were pregnant with your first son, okay? Mm given up that amazing school to have him, which I'm so delighted you did. Um, as a mother of 10 kids, an amazing, powerful, wise, loving, um, honest, vulnerable, beautiful woman, what would you say to that 17-year-old young goddess to make her life maybe a little bit more easy, um, maybe a bit less noisy, what, what would you give her as a piece of advice? Oh, I, I, I would want her to know that she ease up on herself, that, that she, she doesn't need to try, she really doesn't need to try as hard to be lovable. She doesn't have to do anything she doesn't have to be anybody. She doesn't have to do anything remarkable. She's absolutely whole right there and then. I wish that she had known that then. Mm. Wow. Mm. And I think that goes beautifully for every single person who's listening to this podcast right now. Mm. Yes, for me. Absolutely. For me. Mm -hmm. And so I think this is a beautiful place to end. You don't mm -hmm. have to do anything remarkable. You are mm -hmm. lovable. You're perfect. You're amazing just the way you are at this moment. And you can ease up on yourself. Be gentle with yourself. Absolutely. Thank you for listening. We would love to hear from you. Please share with us what you found useful and inspiring about this episode. If you know somebody who is making a big difference in the world, we should interview them. Let us know.
please drop us an email at storiesofexpansion at gmail.com.